Hello everyone, welcome back to Create Your Life Story, the best guide on the internet to help you record, edit and share life's memories with family in the world because of all this great digital technology that we have available to us today. I'm your host, Ian Kath. Glad you got a hold of the show. Share it with a ton of people. Love to get more people on board to know about what we're doing here at Create Your Life Story. This is episode 56. How to get people to open up. That's what today's show's about. It's about encouraging people to open up and connect with us in conversation. But what can we do? What can we, as the person who is directing this conversation, what can we do? Because at the end of the day, we really can't force them to do anything, can we? We can only provoke them. So what can we do to engage with people more so that they will express things to us, the things that we're interested in and that we're after? Got a few ideas for you today, and all because of some contact I've been getting from some people relevant to this particular topic. But first, before we get into this show, I just want to let you know that you can get hold of me, of course, by sending me an email at chat at createyourlifestory.com. Don't forget, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't been over to the site for a while, there's all sorts of extra content over on the site. The site, of course, is createyourlifestory.com, where there are other bits and pieces for you to find. A couple of very good videos that I've found out of the TED Talks in the last couple of weeks that will maybe inspire you, maybe get you to think about a few things, think about how important what we're doing is and uh, the things that can come from it. Uh, the way that all of this information that we're recording and putting out there is going to be mined and harvested one day to show what life in the early 21st century is like. Really, really interesting concepts are starting to bubble up to the surface, which I've often thought about over the years, often thought that this is going to be a wonderful resource for the people one, two, five centuries into the future. Much like I've often thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could listen to what people thought of their time 500,000 years ago? How different was it really to what it is today? I wonder. I get the feeling that humankind have been living the same fundamental things over and over again, and things haven't really changed that much. It's just that uh, a bit of technology has come along and changed things around us, but the actual core human traits that we all have have not changed. But now we're laying down that information that people of the future will be able to look back on and know that Maybe things are the same or things are different. Anyway, there are some very interesting videos for you to look at over on the site at Create Your Life Story if you want to check them out. And while you're there, leave some comments, get back to me via email, like I mentioned, and uh, open a bit of a dialogue. Love to know what you're up to and what your particular life is like and how you're getting on with your particular projects. In the last week, I've had a very interesting series of events happening to me, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you in not yet. I'm not ready to share it with you in its entirety because I still am evolving it. But I've had my brother-in-law sit down with my father and record his life story. I've mentioned to you in the past that I've recorded my uncle, my father's brother, and a few other people. And I was happy to do that because I'm somewhat distant, but I didn't want to record my father. So I got my brother-in-law, Stefan, to record my father. And we finally got that together. We finally managed to get the recordings done over the weekend, and I helped facilitate that. So when the dust settles a little, I'm looking forward to letting you know what that experience was like of coordinating somebody else to record somebody in my first circle of influence, which is, uh, 
I think, a, tactically a very smart thing to do. Dad's a little bit too close to me for me to be able to sit down with him. But Stefan did a great job, and we've got a, quite a few hours of audio recorded, which I haven't even listened to yet, so I don't even know what's in there. But I'll get back to you about that in due course. So you know how to get hold of me, and I'd love to know what you're up to. But for now, let's just get into today's show, eh? Today's show is all about helping other people to express themselves. And what can we do? We as the, if you want to call them, interviewer, what can we do to provoke them to be able to express themselves well? This has come up a couple of times in the results from the survey and from some emails that have been sent through to me. One of the comments that I've received is, what I need is interviewing skills. While I can connect with all types of people, the challenge for me is getting the individuals to do most of the talking. That's a very common situation and something that a lot of people get really hung up on is the fact that they want the other person to talk, which is quite correct. And this is what recording someone else is all about. You want them to talk more than yourself. But how do you get people to open up? And it is challenging. I admit this. I reckon it's very, very challenging to get people to communicate. And I've said before, you can't make anybody do anything that they don't want to do. If you could, if you worked out that secret the intelligent services of the world would love to know your secret because that's the thing that they want to do. When they catch a spy or somebody, they want them to tell them where the documents are. They give them drugs, they beat them, torture, all sorts of things to make people talk. So if you're with somebody who you care about, how are you going to get them to open up? You're not going to torture them, are you? You're not going to put them on the rack. You know, Tell me about your divorce. If you don't, I'm going to stretch you on the rack. No, you're not going to do anything like that. So what do you do to help somebody open up and communicate? Well, I think that very question is the start of the problem because immediately you're putting your reference, your point of interest onto them. And yes, you as the person who's directing this conversation, you have to be interested in them, but it's not about what you will actually do to them. It's about what you will do to yourself that will then provoke them. You are going to become a provocateur, as the word means. You are going to be doing things to yourself. You'll be modifying your behavior from maybe the way it is normally so that you can provoke responses in them. So ultimately, yes, you do want to get something out of them. But the reason is because of things that you do to yourself. So instead of trying to think, what do I need to do to manipulate them? How can I modify myself so that when I engage with them, they are then going to express themselves better because that's what we're after. We want them to open up. And if you drag it, kicking and screaming out of them, I guarantee you it won't be all open and honest and genuine. They will couch the topic. They will express it in ways to protect whatever they want to protect. So the the secret really is to concentrate on yourself. Think about, and I don't mean concentrate on what you want, It's all about what they want. But what can you do to yourself in your own behavior that will then entice them to open up? And I think the number one most important thing here is a concept that you carry within yourself of humility. Simple as that. You subjugate yourself. You you are somebody who is very humble and you are genuinely, genuinely, and this is a very important word, genuinely interested in them. And you want to dig into them, dig into their personality, their history, their stories, 
to entice that information out of them. We all love to be listened to. That's, yeah, that's basically a take. In fact, we all want to be seen as important. So what you need to do is you need to show them that for this period of time, during the recording, they, to you, are the most important person in the world. And if you think you are more important than them, I mean, that you don't have humility, you're basically going to turn them off. They are the most important person. And that's the attitude to take. And the only way to do that is to subjugate your own ego. And it's really quite simple. This might sound, I'm trying to philosophize this concept really, because this is something I do quite naturally. And I think it's, dare I say, I think it's the only talent I have. And I mean that with no ego either, because it's something I haven't actually thought about a great deal until I started down this journey of podcasting. I think I'm very good at enticing information from people. And it's not because I'm clever. It's because I am seriously, fundamentally fascinated with people. Absolutely, stunningly enamored with what they have to say. Because I can learn stuff from them. And that's my attitude. And because that is really very genuine and very, very selfish, because I really want this information, I can become totally enamored with what they have to say. And if they have some skills with storytelling, it just makes my life easier. But it means that I can indulge myself, allow myself to be totally drawn into their stories. And that connects us together. And the deeper I go into their personality and into their stories and become more and more enamored with them, they become more and more fascinated in sharing with me this information because they know that they're being listened to. They know that I am hearing them. Now, in doing this episode, I've had to, well, not just this episode, many of these episodes, I've had to seriously sit back and well, attempt to reverse engineer what I do naturally. And it's very challenging uh, because this is just who Ian is. This is just what I've been doing all of my life. And, and it's the very reason why I started these podcasts, Your Story and Create Your Life Story. It's because it's what I naturally resonate with. And that's why I've started. This is what I'm passionate about. And I've decided to follow my passions. But how I do it and try to explain to you, dear listener, how I do it, now that's challenging. So I hope that I get this right. But as I've broken it down and, in, like I said, reverse engineered what I naturally do, I've come up with a few things. And I think humility is probably the most important attitude to have. Now, I'll admit, yes, I do have an ego. Yes, it does run away with me at times. Yes, I can be a little bit bloody-minded and I can be opinionated and I can you know, basically want to put my attitude into a conversation. But that's not what we're talking about in these directed conversations. The directed conversations are very much a situation where it is about them. So it's very easy for me to subjugate my own personality. I can put that on the back burner very, very quickly because I'm there on task. It's not like a normal conversation. We're there to talk to them. So it's very easy for me to put all those issues behind me. And with that attitude, that's where humility comes from. I've got a long list here of different things that I've thrown up into my own consciousness as I've thought about this, and we'll just talk about them as we go through this list. But like I said, the very first one is humility. The second thing is show a keenness 
to hear their opinion in the sense that it's not just a, a raw, blind question that just like, so uh, tell us about your childhood. It's like, what was it like to be a child in the 1930s? By asking a question that asks their opinion, you're actually showing that you are wanting to know their opinion, not just the raw facts. Uh, I've mentioned several times that you've got the what, where, when, why, how type questions. The most important of those questions is the why, because the why question engages their opinion. And the opinions say more about a person's personality than any of the other questions. The why question. Ask those opinion type questions, but not just asking them. Have an actual keenness, a keen interest in knowing why they have that opinion. By having that as the background, you will then engage with them more. Said many times previously, another important thing is to shut up. Too many people, when they're sitting down and having a conversation, particularly the casual conversations, but then they take that habit of a casual conversation into these directed conversations. Most people forget to shut up. You might ask a question, you might engage in a comment, you might throw a little bit into the uh, general conversation to keep them going. But too many people will want to put in their two bobs worth. They want to add this long explanation and go on about all the stuff that they're interested in. We're not interested in you. You're the person who's running this conversation. We're interested in the other person, the talent. So shut up. When you think that you want to say something, don't say it. If you're thinking of something to ask them, if you're thinking of something to engage with them, if your attention is on them, that's okay. Speak about those things, sure. But if you want to put in your comments, be very hesitant to do that. Now, I'm going to put a caveat on that. There are times where it is appropriate, and that is because it actually links what they're saying to the next topic that maybe you're moving on to, or to help them continue by putting in a little comment they'll then maybe continue going deeper into that particular topic that they're talking about. So there is a place for it, but generally speaking, most people will over-talk rather than under-talk. So don't get too hung up on the wanting to put extra comments in. You'll probably do it quite naturally. Concentrate on keeping quiet and you'll probably still be excessive. And then you can just remove yourself during the actual editing process, which is the great thing about having editing. When you're talking to the person, you might ask them an initial question or you might make a statement and then they start. Too many people, particularly professional journalists, make the fault, make the error of then being distracted with other things, looking at their notepad, going through their uh, next set of questions, looking at the recorder to make sure it's working. You can do a certain amount of that. You've got to make sure that everything's on track. But generally speaking, for 99% of the conversation, you want to be fully engaged with what they're saying. And you might know that you're fully engaged with the conversation and you might be fully in your own head knowing this, but you have to show it to them. And the way to show it to them is through all those nonverbal communication skills, all those eye contacts and the smiles and the smirks and the frowns and the quizzical looks and leaning forward a little bit because you're keenly interested in what they're saying. All those non-verbals that I know you know because we use them day in, day out. Those non-verbals are what shows 
the other person that you are keenly interested in them. Even if you are listening to them, but you're over there scribbling notes and looking at things and pouring cups of tea and looking at your recorder and all those sorts of things, you might be listening, but you're not showing it to them that you're listening. And that's the important thing. You need to show them that you are fully engaged with them, that you fully understand what they're saying. And occasionally, maybe the conversation gets broken and you're distracted by some activity. Now, this is where you're going to get caught out if you're truly not engaged in the conversation. Because when you come back to the conversation, if you're in a flash, you can pick it up and say, listen, we were just talking about your first car and when you got your license. If you know where that was, even if it was half an hour ago, where you'd left the conversation and you can just drop straight back into it, you have proved both to them and to yourself that you were listening intently. That is a great compliment to them because they know that they have got your attention and that you're fully engaged with them and they will settle just that little bit more and engage with you and know that they can trust you to be listening so they will tell you a little bit more. A couple of days ago, I went out with a whole group of friends after dancing and there was a visiting tango musician who was with us and I had a very interesting experience and it was Yet another one of those experiences that I've had many times in my life that have led me here to doing these podcasts with you. And one of the indicators that this is an important thing in my life, because he's one of these polymaths, one of these incredibly intelligent people. He's a, not only a musician who can play the piano and a violin and bandonian, but he's also a linguist and he knows all of the Western European languages fluently and he's just got the brain the size of a planet. And we were having this conversation and very quickly with the 12 people that were around the table, I noticed that he was, he was glancing at everybody on the table, but he was primarily talking to me. And that's one reason why I'm doing this episode today. He was talking to me. He was engaging with me probably 80% of the time and the rest of the table 20% of the time. And this has happened to me many times in my life where I'll be in a a small conference area of a couple hundred people, and I've noticed the speaker is talking to me more than the rest of the room. That's not fair on the rest of the room, of course, but this happens regularly, and it fascinates me. I don't think it's just the fact that I am self-centered and I'm noticing when they're looking at me. I think this is actually happening. And I think it's something in my body language. I think it's the way I look at them as though I'm burrowing into their soul, into their information, that I'm really genuinely keenly interested in what they're saying. I think I show it in the non-verbals. And like I said, I'm trying to reverse engineer this. And I think there is something in that for you, dear listener. If you show those keen interests through your non-verbal communications, you too can connect with people like this and connect with people not just on the other side of a table like this relative who you might be speaking with but connect with people somewhat more distant maybe 10 20 meters away from you that's happened to me and it's uh, always surprised me so uh, those non-verbals all those non-verbal communications are incredibly important because they are the way that you're going to be communicating with the other person more than the verbal communications because they are going to be speaking for probably 90% of the time the recorder's on. So you have to connect and stay connected with them during that entire period that they're talking. And the only way you can do that is through nonverbals. 
A bit like what I was saying before about when you have a broken conversation and you can come back to the topic and say, listen, we were just talking about when you first got your car for argument's sake, and you can pick up the conversation. Another way of showing really well that you're listening is to have sensible, thoughtful questions. Questions that show that you've been thinking. And I don't just mean the simple little how, what, why type questions. I mean the, you said before about the fact that you'd had several relationships and then you eventually met this person and you decided to get married, but you realized that was a mistake. Why was that a mistake? Because you said that you were enamored with them because of these things, but you showed me that there was this contradiction. And, and I'm just using that as an example, but you've broken it down. You've actually shown that you've been listening, you've understood the story that they've explained to you, and that you've understood the maybe contradictions the conflicts, the natural progression that the story took to get you to a particular place where you're interested in knowing a little bit more. And you can then come up with a question. By having that preamble before the question, you are showing that it's not just a dry conversation that you've pulled off a piece of paper. It shows that you've been listening intently to what they've been saying, and now you have a requirement for additional information from them. And you want them to help you understand. You want them to flush out what that meant. And that preamble shows that you've been thinking about what they've had to say. And an extension from that is challenging questions that you might ask them. Not to contradict them, not to put them down and belittle them, but challenging questions to say, well, listen, you've just explained this, but I'm confused. How come it was like that when it should have been like this? How come you were very much a uh, pacifist and somebody who didn't like any sort of misbehavior and violence and then you chose to go to war? You know, how come there's this conflict? And it shows that you're actually understanding their greater story, the background of their history, and understand that there's more to them than just these stories. You're understanding their personality. And very much like that, if they say something that, well, I would not suggest that you have an opinion about, because it's best if you, for the duration of this conversation, you don't have any opinions. You know, like I understand that you do have opinions. We all do. But for the sake of the conversation, put your opinions on the bench over to one side. But what you could say particularly if you understand it from another person's point of view, is you could ask a question that challenges them by saying something very much like, some people would say, and then ask a question. Some people would have an opinion that says that maybe, and then ask the question. Something like that. What you're basically saying is, now I don't have this opinion. I have no opinion. I'm just here listening. But other people might have an opinion that would, and then there's the challenge to them. How come they were able to do that? And you could challenge them by abdicating your opinion and allowing it to be a, an opinion based on social norms, an opinion based on other family members, something like that. But it's not your opinion. It's a way of stepping back and becoming more distant so there's no personal interaction in that sense about conflicting things so that they can't actually challenge you they can't feel offended by you because it's not you who's asking the question. It's the question being asked by greater society or the family or something like that. I find that really quite a helpful little 
uh, ploy as well to help them to open up about topics that maybe are a little bit delicate and you want to challenge them on. And then out of those sort of questions, they could actually give you a response that you might find particularly difficult to understand. It could be a response based on another time where culturally in that time it was appropriate to think that way, whereas nowadays we've moved on and that's inappropriate, where you might find uh, yourself burr up a little bit, so to speak. And again, this is where humility, I think, is very important. You're not here to challenge them. You're here to let them express themselves. And if you maintain that attitude, even though you would maybe fundamentally disagree with what they've had to say, and you might challenge them after the record is turned off, but during the period that you're doing this directed conversation, you just respect their opinion, understand that's how they feel, and that's okay and just allow them to express themselves. So very much respect for their opinion. If you start challenging their opinion, why should they keep talking to you? Okay, maybe they want to have an argument. Well, fair enough, but that's an argument. That's very different to telling their story. If they're going to tell their story, you want it to be genuine. You want it to be honest. You want it to have as little emotion and ego wrapped up in it as possible. So the only way to do that is for you to be quite neutral and just allow them to tell their story. So respecting their opinion about all topics, it doesn't even matter if they're really horrible, uncomfortable topics. It's important to respect their opinion. It's very much the way a psychologist might deal with some of these very difficult things. They just allow people to tell their story and they don't have an opinion about these topics while they're in that consultation situation. What all of these things have been doing, if you haven't realized it, is they're showing that you're interested. And the thing is, everyone wants others to be interested in what they have to say. Have you ever been in one of those situations where people halfway through a conversation just turn and walk away or there's a distraction and you never get the conversation picked up again and you feel this little bit of a slight? Well, the reality is you're probably boring. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there plenty of times. But when people do come back to the conversation and when people are interested in you continuing the discussion, when they want to hear more and they engage with you and they're staring in your eyes and they're fascinated with what you have to say, doesn't that feel wonderful? Well, this is what you want to get from them. This is what you want to give them. This is what you want to engage with them to be able to make them feel. And this is what will help them to open up and express themselves. One thing I love doing is I love having my own personal ego challenged. I love it when somebody says something that I've never thought about before particularly if it's something a little bit philosophical maybe, a little bit contradictory to the social norms maybe. If somebody throws something like that up, it's wonderful to be able to turn around and go, you know, I've never thought of it that way. And then explain what you've just learnt to reinforce the fact that you've just learnt something new. And that is a great compliment to them. By doing that, they're suddenly going to say, well, yes, of course, and because of da-da-da-da-da, and they'll go off on a tangent and maybe explain more to you. What a great compliment to say to somebody that you have learnt something from them. Better still, what about if somebody was to say something and you were to drop an opinion that you might have had previously and you turned around and said, you know, you're right. I'd always thought it was going to be A, B, and C. And now I realize that it's entirely different. 
you're right. I need to reassess that point. Now, we have discussions and arguments all the time because we want to turn somebody's opinion, don't we? But how often do we actually turn somebody's opinion? Very, very rare, isn't it? Because most people are so wrapped up in their own ego, they wouldn't dare change their opinion. And for somebody to change their opinion in the moment, right then and there, is really very challenging. But if you can do that, you've not only shown that you're really a very reasonable listener and that you're constantly reassessing your own beliefs and opinions, but you're also prepared to listen to outsiders' points of view and take them on board yourself. And what a great compliment to pay them. They suddenly go, I'm having an impact on person. I've thought about this over the years. I've thought that this is reasonable. I've just shared it with somebody else. And they also now agree with me so much so that they have dropped their previous opinion. Do you think maybe they're going to open up a little bit more? Now, the reality is that happens very, very rarely. But when it does happen, it's a great opportunity for growth in yourself and a great, brilliant opportunity to connect with somebody else. And in a very similar way, want more information. If they say something that you find interesting, well, ask bigger, deeper, more interesting questions. Dig into the topic a little bit more. I said earlier that it's all about them. Well, this is a case where maybe you actually bring a little bit of attention back to yourself because if you're genuinely interested in what they're saying and you want to go deeper into it, well, go deeper into it because not only are you getting something from it, but you're also connecting at a deeper level with them. And by digging in deeper into a topic, you're going to be drawing them out of themselves to explain more and more and in so expressing more and more of their personality. So if you get into a topic that you're fascinated with, just leave the recorder on and keep going because you never know where it's going. One place you are going is deeper into their psyche, deeper into their stories, deeper into their history. So keep going. And it is only recording time. If you've got plenty of time, just go as deep as you want to. The thing is also, there's a third person in this conversation. There's you and the person you're talking to, but there's also the listener the passive person who is going to be listening to this much later. Now, you don't know what they're interested in, but the reality is if you're keenly interested in this story and if they're keenly interested in sharing it with you, chances are you have now engaged at a level that will have a certain juice, a certain value about it that is very engaging to the listener. And the listener will probably suddenly discover an interest in this topic that you're talking about that they never even knew they had. Maybe you've never thought about the way that the universe was formed from the Big Bang through to today. But you get into a conversation about how the atomic elements are created in stars and that everything on our planet was once inside a star. Now, if you've never thought about that, but you're listening to a conversation about two people talking about this and they're passionately interested in this and they're going into it deeper and deeper and they're expressing the wonder of this topic, you as the listener will get drawn to this topic as well. So this is where it's wonderful if you are a generalist in the way that you see the world, if you have a broad range of topics that you are keenly interested in so that it doesn't matter where they go in their life story. It doesn't matter if they're talking about raising children or careers or politics or social events or what it's like just to make a piece of furniture in the backyard shed. It doesn't matter. But if you're interested in all of these things, and I mean keenly, genuinely 
respectfully interested and you go into these topics, the listener will go with you. And they, as the third person to this conversation, will love hearing these topics as well. And if you think that you can do this, even though you're really not that bloody interested in this person and you're just going to basically fake it, you're going to have to be brilliant at acting. Now, I I was talking to an actor friend of mine recently, a very, very, very competent actor here in Queensland, and I was saying to her that I only do Ian. I can't really do much else. I'd be hesitant to ever be an actor because I can't play different personalities. I only just do me. So I have long given up trying to fake my way around any topic. And if I'm not interested in something, well, I'll move on because I may not be able to find the gem that's in it. So I'll just move on. But if I am interested in it, I will dive into it and I will show my enthusiasm for it because I know that that works. I think generally speaking, this is correct. I think most people can operate with genuineness I challenge you to fake it. I don't think you can do it. And I don't think you can maintain it for many, many hours. Because I'd suggest that if you're going to fake it, you should reconsider. I reckon they'll catch you out. If you don't find something interesting, if you find it getting tedious, and we all have tedious moments in our lives where we maybe go off on a tangent, if you're getting bored by the topic, change the topic. Move on to something else. Because the reality is if you're getting bored, just like I was saying earlier, chances are, that third person, the listener, is also getting bored. So just move on. And be human. Don't be a stuck-up journalist sitting there with your notepad and your recorder asking very officious oral history, historical, journalistic-type questions. Don't do that. Be a person. Be a human. If they say something funny, laugh. You know, give them that quizzical look. Maybe challenge them. If you, you know, if you think it's fun, you know, contradict them. Challenge them. Have a bit of banter. You know, but laugh. For heaven's sake, just laugh. It adds so much value and it, it takes away a whole layer of stress. And if you can do that early in the piece, it will actually set up the whole greater conversation in a much better way. If during the conversation the other person is saying a great deal and you want to stay connected with them, like I mentioned, you've got all these non-verbals. Watch out for adding verbal non-dialogue sounds to it. The ums and ahs. On a telephone, you do that in order to maintain connection over the telephone because they can't see you. But you're going to be sitting there with them. So there's absolutely no reason why you can't keep your mouth shut and do the same thing with your eyes and your posture. This is important simply because the third person, the listener, will not be able to make sense of those non-verbal utterances. They won't be able to understand the significances of ums and ahs, especially when they are in conflict with the dialogue, the way it goes through. It makes sense when you're actually watching somebody, but it doesn't make sense when it's just pure audio. So just watch out for those non-verbals. Uh, keep your mouth quiet, shut, and use your eyes and your body posture, your body language, in order to stay engaged with the other person. These are all the ideas that I think are relevant. I have been digging into what works and I've been referencing to a lot of the experiences I've had in life that have been at their very best. But I think it really can be summed up by be so interested in them that you basically cease to exist. That's the humility thing. And all of your attention is over there on them. And if you are that way inclined, 
They will say things that they will be amazed to hear themselves saying. That, I think, is the secret to it. Andrew Denton has this show, well, did have this show here in Australia called Enough Rope, and he had the Danish royal couple on, an Australian lass who married Prince Frederick. And he said it was one of his worst interviews because he couldn't find anything interesting about the royals to talk about. He didn't try very hard. He admits that. And he realises that was his failing. And what he needed to have done is actually find something that he found interesting and engaging. And that is the secret for you. If you've been asked to sit down with a grandfather or an uncle or somebody who you're not particularly interested in, if you've been asked commercially to sit down with somebody and you're going to do this as a commercial task and you're not particularly interested in them, you're going to find this very, very difficult because you're going in there with no real genuine interest. In all of the podcast episodes, in all of the life stories that I've done, all of them have worked when I have found that thing, that topic, that tension, that engagement that makes me want to know more. You have to find that something. And I've been saying for a while now when I do your story, I only ask three things of people. I need them to be intelligent, articulate, and passionate. And the reality is their passion will make them intelligent and articulate. So I'm really concentrating on their passion. And when I find their passion, I then have to make sure that I find their passion interesting. And the ones that are most interesting are the passions that have a bit of tension in them. The ones that have maybe have a little bit of contradiction. Somebody, like I said, the pacifist who went, went to war for some reason. Now, great contradiction there, isn't there? Somebody who is a very gentle soul, a very gentle person, but realizes that they need to go and do this not gentle task. What a great topic. What a great thing to get my interest in them started so that I can go deeper. That's the secret to it, dear listener. Find that thing, that one element that engages you and forces you to be keenly interested in them. The reality is, once you get started, that may not be necessary, but you need to have that to get you underway, to get you engaged with them initially. But very quickly, you might find that you go off on all these different tangents, and that's fine, because they're all interesting as well but you may not have that to start with. So find that topic, find that thing that you are interested in and go for it. Dig into their personality with that topic in mind and see where it goes using all of the things that I've just expressed to you. Now, these are going to be all over on the site under episode 56 at createyourlifestory.com. Drop on by, check them out, maybe work your way through them, have a bit of a think about them, leave a comment after this particular post, episode 56, and tell me where I'm right or where I'm wrong. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, maybe you've got another few that I hadn't considered. Please leave a comment in the comment section underneath this post and let us know what you think. I admit that I don't know everything. This is just what I've sort of been able to reverse engineer out of my life and the experiences that I've had and the research that I've been able to do. And I think it's very valid. I'd love to have a discussion with you about it. And if you disagree or agree, please let me know. There are many different ways to get hold of me. They're all up there in the contacts tab at the top of the site in the top navigation bar. Why don't you send me an audio comment using SoundCloud? Turn that little button on and get on there. Grab your microphone because you should be hopefully getting a little bit more confident with the microphone in front of you and 
send me a bit of a rave. I'd love to know your thoughts. Create your life story, for that matter, your story as well. My other podcast, if you haven't checked it out, over at yourstorypodcast.com are all part of the Lifestyle Pod Network. Australia's fastest growing podcasting network that has all sorts of wonderful stories that really epitomize the word lifestyle. Check them out at some stage at lifestylepodnetwork.com. On the site, of course, there are links to Twitter and Facebook. Remember, we have a Twitter account for Create Your Life Story. It is twitter.com slash createlifestory. You can always send me a tweet, send me a comment. Better still, why don't you send a comment to everybody else? Get on iTunes. I saw an iTunes comment in the US. Thank you, whoever that was in the US who left a comment. Because the different iTunes stores around the world have comments for each of those stores so those of us here in Australia don't see what the Brits say or what the Germans say so if you're in any of those countries leave a comment on your country's iTunes store so that your fellow countrymen can see it as well so leave a comment or tell some friends write a blog post send an email there's all sorts of different ways I'm just really keen to get this out I want you people to know about this show I want you to share it with people who aren't necessarily tech savvy I'm producing a lot of content that is aimed at people who probably know less than you do. Because from the responses on the survey, most of you are really quite tech savvy. You understand this technology quite well. That's why you're listening to this. Unfortunately, there's a whole heap of people out there who don't know about it because they're not as tech savvy as you. So if you want to do them a favor, grab this information that you've got here at Create Your Life Story and share it with them in the mode that they understand best, whether that be email, whether that be recording it on the CDs and sharing it with them. Please do that. That way, other people will get to know about it as well as us. The music, of course, is from IOTO Promo Net at IOTO Alliance, where I get this jazz that I think works best for Create Your Life Story to help flush it out and make it feel a little bit better. I hope you're having a wonderful life out there, wherever you are in the world. It's wonderful to know that there are people all around the world listening to the show and to what I'm producing here at Create Your Life Story. It humbles me to know that you're there and that maybe together we're all doing a bit of good for ourselves, for the people we care about around us and for the future people who will come along and listen to these stories. Drop by sometime and say hello. Until I speak to you next time, this is Ian saying goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Wait till I get your ass home. But first we'll make a stop on Basin Street by the Fukarate. There's nothing like a party down in old trimming. I know it's 4.30 and the joint just started jumping. And now you're looking good, we're going to party till the sun come up. And now you're looking good, we're going to party till the sun come up. And now, and now you're looking good, we're going to party till the sun come up. Party till the sun come up. You can find more great podcasts at lifestylepodnetwork.com.au.